Minutia Man is up next, but first, take a listen to this other great Opie show. Quick, Lou, what's your favorite car color? I'd say Lou likes blue. Lou likes blue? Eh, blue's pretty good, but really, I prefer silver. But regardless of our color preferences, when it comes to cars, you'll never know what you'll hear on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Silver. Really? Silver? The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey. We're back. Yeah. Wow. You just don't sound that excited. No, I, actually, I am excited. Um, we had three weeks. Oh, I know. And I think I am kind of revitalized you look rested uh, you look great too are, are you tan right is that a new t-shirt that you're wearing i don't think i've ever seen this t-shirt before it says maples wait is that the new sweatpants that oh you're yeah oh this is i'm going all out for everybody this week yeah well you look great and 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 happy to be back aren't you i am and you know uh we we think sometimes about having other uh outlets for our our shtick mm-hmm. and at one point i think we thought about maybe going back into radio and and working in a radio station somewhere i just wanted to warn you that that's not going to happen <laughs> because what i spoke at a radio convention on friday uh-huh. and let's just say that uh there were no bridges when i was finished <laughs> Right. So you were Hitler yeah, May 45. I, I, yeah. that I was demanding that everything <laughs> scorched earth behind me. That cart machine, <laughs> throw it out the window. Uh, you know, you know how I have uh, a little the, anger problems or well, it's not uh, anger problems. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a character in my book, Severance, called yeah. Sigorsky, yeah. and his moral compass points slightly northeast. <laughs> But he is he he hews to that moral compass yeah. like and and that's kind of like me yeah. I I am uh, very passionate about like three things or four things in the world they're not really the most important things <laughs> however so you're you're saying they're not necessarily the appropriate hills to die on they're generally not the right hills to die on and and I was triggered at the end of this it was a a very nice yeah. conference. They, they validated me, your parking, right? They did. They yeah. asked me to come in and speak, and they asked, uh, at the end, there was a question and answer yeah. thing, and one a program director got up and said, you know, um, you can be just as funny in a 25-second clip as you can in a four-minute clip. And I snapped. Oh, boy. <laughs> I snapped. <laughs> this man did not... I've never, has never met you. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I snapped. I snapped because it reminded me of every program director I had ever dealt with in my career. And they all would say these researched things yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. you know, uh, we've done uh, the research on these songs. And there's an 85.6% chance that this song is going to be effective. I, can you tell me that what you're about to say next will be 86% effective? Because if you can't, don't say a word. Yeah. Like, that is not how it works. Yeah. Right. And I tried for 30 years to explain that that's not how it mm-hmm. works. And I told the story 
to these people about and another thing what happened I said you know I told the story of the program director who yeah. said to me you know if the setups take too long just do the punchlines <laughs> and half of the room laughed yeah. and the other half didn't right. and I'm like the, the other half are on their uh, you're taking yeah. notes the yeah, right D- just take the say the setups but I, I, I looked the out there and I'm like this is why radio sucks yeah, right how'd that go over how it didn't it? go well <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I I had to kind of skedaddle out of there after that I'm, I'm envisioning a bunch of radio dorks with uh, torches and pitchforks <laughs> like <laughs> well one one guy did chase me to the escalator yeah. and it was at the Swiss hotel I ran to the escalator I was going up the escalator and he goes hey man hey 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 and he jumps on the escalator with me he goes that was great yeah. man yeah. that was great yeah. no, no, get the hell out of here no, run, run, run for run, your run. life run, run. <laughs> alright so what you're telling me I'm telling you, we're not going to be going into radio okay, so anytime soon. The vision and the kind of the dream and the fantasy I have to be driving down yeah. 1994 with my grandson. Uh-huh. Grandpa, Grandpa, is that you? Yeah, pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah and that's never going to happen. Right? No. On a billboard, there's never going to be no. a big Rick and Dave billboard. No. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. And, 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 uh, I apologize. I apologize to all my <laughs> For- previous program directors because as I was doing it, I had flashbacks of, the way I used to act in meetings uh-huh. when I would get this terrible advice. Uh-huh. Like Landecker and I would be listening to a air check of himself with one of our program directors and it would be hilarious and he'd be on the floor laughing uh-huh. and he'd stop it and he goes, all right, what was wrong with that? And we'd say, nothing. nothing. It right. was perfect. Right. And he'd say, actually, I didn't hear a time check, did I? <laughs> How is someone, while they're laughing, know that it's six minutes after the hour? And that's the kind of crap that drove me out of the business because I just couldn't take it. And you were dead tired, too. I was. For 10 years. So you were a little grumpy. I've given up REM sleep for two decades for (laughs) you. Right. For you to tell me to say the weather seven times an hour. So, Mm, again, I apologize. Well, thank you for ruining my hopes and dreams. Appreciate (laughs) it. I'm sorry. I just couldn't take it. Well, that, that is the thing with you is... And you're right. The, the things that you're passionate about, you are. You're Norma fucking Ray. <laughs> I really am. Right. But the 99.9%, you don't give a shit. But for those, you know, for those couple of things, it's just like, oh, don't don't mention him about a collared shirt that you have to wear a collared shirt. I'm sorry. I yeah. can't. I can't help it. There's something wrong All with right. me. Well, we better get going. We got a big show today. All right. Um, do you want to, do you remember how to do this? I, I do. Uh, I think it goes something like this. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. You know, That's so, us. So we've been off, like you said, for three weeks. Yep. Right. And, you know, I, I took this time to reflect. Oh, good. Yeah. Just to, to be mindful. Okay. Okay. Of just all the blessings throughout the world. Sure. You know, right? So I want to. This is going to break it to you. I'm this maybe cynical. Dave is dead. Oh. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, dead and buried. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. I like you to meet optimistic, lighthearted Dave. <laughs> How are you? Good to meet you. Love your outfit. Like I said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I've been on the lookout for feel-good stories. Okay. Okay. Because that's what I'm going to now special specialize. Oh, in. oh you're not going to like what I'm bringing <laughs> to the table today. <laughs> um, and this feel good story comes out of really my favorite Chicago suburb, Milwaukee. 
Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> Those people love it when you nice. say that, don't they? they? Do. Um, and I want to talk about a true American treasure. All right. Okay. He's a Milwaukee resident, and he's a remarkable photographer, artist, and painter, and his name is Mark Gubin. Okay. Have you heard of Mark Gubin? I have not. Okay. Well, did Mark Gubin, let me ask you, did he gain worldwide fame by painting some picture of a some lady carrying a milk jug? I don't know. No, he did not. Okay. Okay. Did he take some picture of a father holding the hand of his son for the first time? I he don't did, know. He did not. Okay. But you know what he did do? Yes. Is he painted on the roof of his building, Welcome to Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> Keep in mind, he lives in Milwaukee, and he's right under the flight path for General <laughs> Mitchell Airport. So as you can tell, someone flying in to Milwaukee seeing Welcome to Cleveland on the top of the of the building. Okay. Cynical Dave is back. <laughs> wow, he did not last he did not last long. So every three or four years, somebody sees it or snaps a picture on social media, and it's been for forty this is the forty this month it's the forty third anniversary of him doing this. Okay. Okay. So apparently I've never flown into Milwaukee. Uh, right. I've well, never it's seen it. A suburb. Why yeah. would you why would you right. fly? Um and every few years he redoes it because of the harsh weather so he did actually is retouching a masterpiece yeah right yeah so um well i did some research and like i said this has been going on for 43 years and people take to social media to mention this okay <laughs> you know i would have totally fallen for that well let me tell you so i found a few great comments of people that had been hoodwinked all right, all right. Let's hear this one is from arlen huytens and uh she i think arlen is a uh, female name she's from uh eric uh erie pennsylvania okay and she writes about 10 years 10 years ago i flew to milwaukee to visit my 97 year old grandpa who was in hospice i saw the sign and immediately started to panic in fact i against all faa rules <laughs> flicked on my phone and booked a flight to to to, to Milwaukee from Cleveland. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, when she got back, she and she was able to get a refund, it says. Aww. Okay. All right. So, Paul Reinford from New York City wrote, Seven or eight years ago, I treated my dad to a trip to Green Bay to see the Jets play. We are huge football fans and have always dreamed of going to Lambeau. When my dad saw the sign, he immediately started yelling at me and saying that I never do anything right and I'm not as smart as my sister. Okay. Larry Larry Johansson from Arlington, Texas writes, when my wife saw the sign, she looked at me and said, I told you not to book on spirit. You know, uh, what I, what's the name of this guy? Uh, Goobin, Mark Goobin. Uh, to have that kind of a twisted mm-hmm. sense of humor and not be able to really appreciate people falling for it. Right, you exactly, know what I mean? Right. You have to just assume, trust, assume. trust that You're people right. are going to be idiots, but you don't get them. You don't get to experience <laughs> right. the joy of, of their angst. Well, through the, through the, the, um, you know, the pleasure of social media. Yeah, you can. So, to Mark Gubin, a hearty <laughs> Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, a hearty thank you from us in well, Chicago. I have a story for you yeah. about a, a man named Bill Davis. You okay. know, Another know American hero? Um, no. <laughs> uh, no. He is uh, 26 years old. I uh, was in a video call with his friends, and since they were bored, they dared him to microwave a smaller microwave. <laughs> 
and he did What's his it. name? Bill Davis. Okay. All right. I didn't really think he was going to do it. He is one of our craziest friends who would do just about anything to make us laugh, said Michael, who was in the video call. He had a big and a small microwave at home, said Vanessa, one of Davis's friends. He put one into the other, plugged in the biggest one, and then it started, she said. He turned it on for four minutes and 20 seconds. Wait, and wait, we, wait. Oh, 420. Is there some marijuana? <laughs> I think there might be. <laughs> and we all laughed at that moment, said Tiago. But we stopped laughing when we heard the explosion and the video call stopped. After hearing the explosion, they called the police and found that Davis had perished <laughs> in, the, in the double microwave. He did it to make us laugh. We will never forget him, said Vanessa through her tears. Yeah. You know, I don't even, I, I'm assuming this is a true story. I don't even care if it is or not, right? And what what reminds me of, uh-huh. again, college, and I don't even want to talk about college because we're both taking our kids yeah, yeah. this week yeah. to college. But, you know, our buddy Steve Quinn. Right. So what Steve would do, do you remember the pit that we did? Sure, of course, yeah. Um, let's, and for those of you who never were at the pit, um, not ever featured in Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> no. Okay, no. it was just... Gross. Right. I mean, it, it, it was squalor. We were living in squalor. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, in fact, homeless people would point at us and go, right. you know. You're living in that house? <laughs> yeah. So what Quinn would do, he he had no gag reflex whatsoever. And I only know this <laughs> because of the food he was eating. And he would take like, you know what I'm concerned? He would take like saltines. I don't know. We would add saltines. And he would like just rub the saltine on like some dirty filthy yeah mold yeah part of the and he would just eat it and yeah. i remember once he put a saltine in the toilet oh and that toilet <laughs> i mean i had a, to describe that toilet you couldn't sit on it uh you know just like you sit on a toilet you had to sit sideways because right. this uh, this bathroom had been squeezed into this former office of yeah, something well it was like a bank because we had a vault yeah it was a bank <laughs> it was a bank <laughs> And so the toilet was disgusting. Yeah. It was it was the uh, most disgusting uh, thing I've ever seen. Uh, but uh, get, getting back to Paul, uh, I mean, uh, what was his name? Bill. <laughs> uh, Bill Davis. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bill Davis. But can you guess what state he's from? <laughs> oh, let me guess. Uh, I know Florida. Maybe. That's correct. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, as someone who has seen sparks fly. When even with the staple of a, a tea bag, yeah, when yeah. it's in the uh, oh, yeah. in the microwave, what kind of a person thinks that that's going to yeah, work out? Yeah, yeah. I also feel a little bit better, even though I, you know, yeah. rest in peace, right, rest right. in peace, yeah. please. Um, because remember my fear about an embarrassing death. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is. I'm confident <laughs> you're not gonna that I will never do anything this stupid. Bar, right. Well, and again, I think we should give. What's his name, Bill? Yeah. He just was trying to make his friends laugh. Just like what, like Quinn did a with the saute. to the very just, end. If I can make one of my friends laugh a day, it's a good day. Yeah. So do you have any uh, reviews? Of oh, the my show God. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Um, all kinds of no good. Oh. Is the name of the, or the, is it not the avatar of person? It's just yeah. the name of the person. Great host chemistry, which is odd because we actually do chemistry. It breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, witty banter and fun, engaging guests make for a perfect podcast for your drive to work or from home. If you are looking for the that classic talk radio flavor in podcast form, 
subscribe today. And we all know you're not going to listen to it on radio because of what Rick's <laughs> I'm sorry. scorched earth. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, whatever. Well, that's all right. We're very happy here, and it's time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So, Dave, this was a big week for the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I Everybody I know was watching that game, the Field of Dreams game it was, this past week. It really was a magical. It was, in, it was magical. It was, I was getting uh, texts and calls from people all oh, day long yeah. asking me if I was watching it because, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm a baseball fan. Right. Field of Dreams is my favorite movie of all yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I mean, I got chills. Oh, I did, too. The, the the home runs landing in the cornfield. Yeah, How cool right, was right. that? And the ending was just, you know. Spectacular. It was spectacular. And I love the fact that they let the African-Americans play. <laughs> right. And the uh, Hispanics. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That was different than the movie. Um, but I, I, I think they missed an opportunity. Huh. Because the beginning of that game, you know, they had Kevin Costner come yeah, out. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. That, and that was very cool. Yeah. And then the players coming through out of the, the cornfield. Yeah, that yeah. was right. like goosebumps. Yeah. But don't you think at the very end when he got to the mound that his dad should have been there to catch with him? <laughs> should have, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who played him. Right. Dwyer Brown. And I think I have a theory on why he was not asked to do it. This is not a, I'm not joking around. This is just my theory. Well, I think you want to hear my theory. Bro, yeah. Is that Kevin Costner can't throw the ball anymore. My theory is that Dw- Dwyer Brown looks too much better than oh. Kevin does now. Oh, de- because I saw a picture of him recently. I, he looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I think Kevin would be like, well, you know, my dad isn't supposed to look, you know, this much better than well, me. K- Costner still looks all right. He looks fine. Yeah. He looks better than us. Right. Right. Of course. But Dwyer Brown is, you yeah. know. And and uh, we have had Dwyer Brown mm-hmm. on the show, and I'd like to play a little clip from that as part of our studio wall segment. You know today. what? Let me and, just tell you right now, I'm yeah. very weepy with my kids going to college. I you know. know, I don't want to start bawling. At I know, <laughs> I know. But we talked to him, and uh, one of the things I we asked was about his name. But let's uh, let's just play that for you. <laughs> um, so, How did you get uh, that name, by the way? Any idea? Well, it's. Oh, yeah. It's my grandmother's maiden name. She oh. was Stella Wood Dwyer. And uh, and so my dad named me Dwyer Richard Brown. And it was such a weird name that I went by Ricky for my first like eight years of my life because mm. I thought, you know, people you don't need people. You don't need to give them an excuse to make fun of you. Yeah, that's a good so point. Thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I got plenty of Dwyer, Dwyer pants on fire. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, you know, washer. Ricky, as a Ricky, right. there's a lot of them that rhyme with Ricky. <laughs> yeah, right. And they are yeah, good. That's true. That's true. But, but back then, Ricky Nelson was cool. And, and okay, Ricardo, gotcha. So, you know, I, it, it had some cachet back then. And, uh, okay. You know, but now now I get to hear Washer and Dwyer all the time. And, uh, <laughs> oh, there you uh, go. Right. But, but well, anyway. Don't, uh, don't play catch yeah. with those people, man. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. As soon as they say that shit, I'm out of there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amen, brother. I go right back into the corn. <laughs> it's been a wonderful. Thrill. This has been great. Thanks, uh, and oh. and we wish you nothing but the best. And and uh, we'll send you a copy of the book. And uh, and and keep on doing what you're doing because yeah. you're spreading love everywhere, man. You yeah, really are. Right. It, well, thanks. Hey, and I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Sure. Uh, hey, Rick and Dave. 
You want to have a catch? (laughs) 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 All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Your your line is, I'd like that. Oh, oh, shoot. That's right. I'd like that. Hey, thanks for putting up this field and letting us play ball. All right. Annie, Annie, this is is your John. Yeah. This is my John. (laughs) It's John. That's our, that's our Dwyer Brown interview. The whole thing, uh, by the way, is out there. You can look for it on Minutia Man Celebrity Interview. It's episode one. Yeah. It's our, it's from the... Um, it's our debut uh, interview. Man, okay. So be sure to check that out. Uh, you know, we still have a lot more show to come. <laughs> well, I don't I mean, we, I've, I'm a little tired. I mean, well, I am too. Do you have, if, if you could give us a, a little summation of what your next story is going to be about? Um, another million dollar idea. Okay. And mine is world's biggest penis okay well, where does optimistic where does cynical Dave fit into this I don't know and we have uh, a celebrity story or two to share mm-hmm. with you as well so don't go away and friends and everyone at Opie shows want you to make sure to wash your hands and if you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom please do that now that's something you should have been doing anyway cover your mouth when you cough come on people and with that we have a special message from actress comedian and fan favorite Milana Vintrub I just want to wish the people of Chicago a safe warm peaceful stay at home please stay healthy please help other people stay healthy by staying home stay safe Chicago thanks Milana thank you guys seriously you can save the world by sitting on your ass at home you cannot afford to miss this opportunity you won't get another one great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com stay home you will be saving the world all right Adam what uh, country are you from I am from England what is the best soccer league in the entire world the english premier league what is your day job director of coaching for illinois youth soccer so if you were say a fan of english premier league and you wanted to hear the the opinions of someone who is from england who knows a lot of soccer what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to free kicks with adam and rick and that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. Ricky, this uh, story comes out of Mariel, England. Hello, Governor. Yeah. Hello, oh. Governor. Just going to give you the headline here. Man's handwriting was so bad, bank staff didn't know that he was trying to rob him. <laughs> Police said Alan Slattery, 67, retired of Stonehouse Drive in St. Leonard's, was given a six-year extended sentence when he appeared at Lowe's Crown Court on Friday, July 16th. What happened was Slattery entered three banks in Eastbourne and Hastings in the span of two weeks, and he used written notes to ask the cashiers to hand over money. (laughs) Well, two of the banks evidently could read it, but the third one could not. And when he went to the Nationwide Building Society on Terminus Road, uh, <laughs> the teller's like, I, I can't read this. Yeah. What is it saying This here? is a shih tzu? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, right. Give Marie all your Monets. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't have any Monets here. It's what a bank. Is, I don't understand. Right. So, and I actually have a picture here of the handwriting. Now, look at this. 
Oh, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, but mine is worse. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I know. You could kind of make it out. Now, I could have been busy, and the teller didn't have the she time. She might not it. have had her glasses <laughs> right, on. Right, right. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, now, this kind of, I thought of an idea. Oh. Okay, you're a writer. I am. So, why don't you go in the business of punching up bank robbing notes? Oh. You know, add a little pizzazz to them. Okay. Right? You could, yeah. and you've got good German handwriting. I do. You could, you could write the, and you can add some, you know, great words to it. I mean, you're a wordsmith, oh, it, you know, yeah. and you're like, I could do it in several languages. <laughs> well, and then the, someone would be going, oh my God, I wasn't going to give you this money, but this is really well written. <laughs> you know, and you know, you can also do that for last will and testaments. Oh, okay. Now you're thinking. I'm going to read you. A line from Hitler's last will and testament. Oh boy, it always comes back <laughs> okay. to Hitler. And this is what it is. Uh, yeah. This is what he wrote. I, myself, and my wife, in order to escape the disgrace of deposition or capitulation, choose death. Okay. First of all, yeah. I, myself, kind of redundant. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, shouldn't he put my wife and I? You think uh, as a as a best selling author but, uh, exactly in German? I mean, yeah. he was he was the Tom Wolf. I mean, of, yeah, Mein Kampf was <laughs> like that was the top selling <laughs> right. book in all of you Europe. Would, so you could also part of this million dollars. You can punch up. I was going to say suicide notes, but that's sick. No, I don't do right. suicide notes. But yeah. yeah, a little last will and testament, a little okay. little bank robbery note, maybe a threatening letter to a ex-wife okay or something you know well, i'm uh, looking for something now that i know radio will never be part of my history okay well that's good yeah thank you i appreciate uh, that yeah, I would you like to hear a story about the world's biggest penis dave uh, well is it is it autobiographical it, of course is not uh, it is not um and actually it's kind of controversial mm. because there's now a battle uh, over who has the world's biggest penis okay a man who holds the unofficial title for world's largest penis has said that rumors of competition from a Mexican man can be dismissed by looking at 3D images of their rival manhoods. I mean, he, he's not going to have like a sword fighting uh, right, contest, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he says, just do a, you know, a 3D image yeah. and we'll see who's yeah, got to uh, Google Earth it, right? Yeah. Uh, Jonah Falcon whose member measures 13 and a half inches when fully erect, said he doesn't feel threatened by the well-endowed Roberto Cabrera. He's a hack. Roberto's uh, a hack. <laughs> um, Falcon has been the unofficial record holder for two decades. Okay. So uh, he, he recently was interviewed by Men's Health, and he said that, look, there's the CAT scan. Yeah. Take a look at it. I got a certification here. I, I mean, it. come on. Um, and in his interview... He opened up about uh, just the the troubles that he yeah. has to go through. I sure. mean, this poor, this poor man. Right. I I know. <laughs> yeah, you would. Of all people who know. He admitted that he's sick of people wanting him to measure his penis in front of them. And his, he, he hates that people think he's, a, he's dumb or he's a slut. Uh, by the way, here's a picture of him. All right. Oh. He's a schlumpy middle-aged guy with two chins. <laughs> yeah, all okay. right. And he explained he's sick and tired of having people wanting to measure it yeah. in front of them. I've done it 10,000 uh, yeah, right. times. Enough already. Yeah, what more yeah. do I have to do? Hi, I'm Jonah Falcon. You know, the world's biggest penis. <laughs> oh, you want to see it? Why must I be hounded like this? All right, here's my tape measure. Yeah. You know, well, you know he's got it on him. Would you like to buy an autograph tape measure? <laughs> so I uh, once he was stopped at the airport security because of his impressive bulge, but he said he wasn't embarrassed or proud. I understood. 
yeah, their right. concerns, he right. said. You're only doing your You're job. You're just doing your job. Right, right, you know, right, not right, every right, day right, someone right, runs right. into a penis <laughs> this, this big. Is, this is the better side. Look at this. this. Right here, everyone. Look, I'm getting <laughs> right. searched. This is the biggest penis right. in the world. But I'm okay with it. <laughs> www.biggestpenis.com. <laughs> Jesus, the trouble I go through. Nobody. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as this article continues, it says that uh, he has bragged in the past about being able to engage in auto fellatio. Well, when he was younger, right? You know, and well, now he's gonna now he's gonna pull a muscle. You're not gonna. Well, do that he out. says back pain prevents him from indulging in this well, form of man. I really know that. Actually, well, you know who can do it? Roberto Cabrera, the oh. Mexican man from. Uh, you know, so is he a yeah. young, is he a younger? He's younger. Yeah, and I I don't want to say yeah. Jonah. Uh, yesterday's news. Yesterday's news. <laughs> Roberto could be the man. Well, do we have a measurement on Roberto? Uh, we don't. Um, but uh, I think there's a picture here of Roberto, and he's got it in a sock. So who knows how much of the sock is full right. of right. you know right? It could, and that's why I think he's. Right. Uh, that's why Jonah's asking for the cat scan and everything, but. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, I'm hoping that they they settle this. I just hope that Jonah's difficulty ends someday yeah. because that poor man. It's a burden. A big, poor big, man. big burden. Yeah, right. yeah, I feel bad for him. All right, it's time for another portion of our show. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where we uh, tell you a, a celebrity story. Uh, we've recently had people start requesting them. Um, and I have one here from an Andy D. And this is uh, apropos because we just had this. Did you watch the Olympics mm-hmm. is his, uh, his question. And have you ever met a gold medal winner? Now... Um, now we told that I didn't didn't meet meet Jesse Owens. My sister did. So that, so I guess I can't. No. Um, well, I have one, but oh, you have. I think you have one too. Don't yeah, you? Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yes, but, you promised that you right, tell us the so Muhammad Ali well, story. This is a good time. Okay, so he won a gold medal in what sixty or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, yeah, nineteen sixty. Um, so I was selling paper. Okay. okay, I was at Premier Paper and Packaging in Moberly, Missouri. All right, selling some carbonless. Okay. Slinging some carbonless skits. Okay. A couple two-part, a couple three-part. You know, yeah, I was you? hoping this story would involve a lot of different paper details. <laughs> right, right. Not 60 pound. Go to one yeah. side. Uh-huh. So I go to a customer in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Okay. By the name of, I still remember, Rapid Print. And I believe the guy's name was Jeff. Okay. okay. So I go in there and you I. You know, some stories are better if they're 30 seconds long <laughs> Jeff as was... opposed to four minutes. <laughs> right. No, I'm going to prove to you that four <laughs> minutes is funny. So I go in there. And, and, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Because I didn't get to Benton Harbor very much. It was like, right. you know, once every year or whatever. So, um, hey, how you doing? Whatever. Hey, we got a new four-color back there. You want to see it? I'm like, sure. Well, who doesn't want to see a Heidelberg yeah. four-color, uh, of right? Of course. Or, actually, at that time, it could have been a six-color. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Th- I, is Muhammad Ali involved <laughs> in this story somehow? Okay. So I go back there, and I meet all the press men, Bill Fams, or whatever. Yeah. And then I... And what were their names? <laughs> <laughs> so I get to the, the six-color, and yeah. I see a man sitting there right next to uh-huh. watching the press. Yeah. You know, whatever. I look at him, and I'm like, that's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I'm, I, this, I'm, this is not... I, in fact, I'm going to find Jeff's phone number, and I'm going to get him on the show. So I look at him, 
And I look at the press, and I'm like, no, we can't possibly be Muhammad Ali, right? So I'm like, it just must be a guy that looks just like Muhammad Ali. So I walk, and then Jeff goes, come on, you know, come into the back, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about my next order or whatever. Right, right. And what was that order? Because I want to know more. It was 13 cards of two parts, some CB white. Uh, and so I get back there, and he's sitting, and I'm like, so, you know, whatever. He's like, hey, by the way, aren't you going to ask me why Muhammad Ali is sitting next to the press? And I'm like... I didn't. I was, yes, I was going to say, but I was. I didn't know what I did. Then he just starts laughing, and I guess what happens is, yeah. so he lived in Benton Harbor. I didn't know that. Yeah, Muhammad Ali for a while lived on the outskirts of Benton Harbor, and he became friendly with Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali's wife. And what his wife would do if she needed to run errands because his health was not right that great. Right, and they didn't want to have a caretaker or whatever. But he loved watching the presses run. You know, and they are cool, as you know. And, and all, <laughs> right, oh, you know. Jesus. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, and so he, you know, like once a month or whatever, whenever she needed, you know, a few hours, she would bring Mohammed, oh. bring the champ, and that's what they called him, hey, champ. Uh, and no one gave a shit when I was there. there yeah. It was just the guy that was sitting on the table. Right. And they um, would, you know, it would be you not know, babysitting. It would, you know, just like, hey, he likes being here. Would you mind? And she's like, oh, come on in. We'd love him. You know, whatever. So I go back and then I'm like, well, now I got to meet him. Yeah. You know, so I shake, you know, I shake hands with him. He, I didn't ask him for an autograph because he was pretty. Yeah. He had Parkinson's. Yeah, so he probably couldn't write. Right. Anymore. So I didn't whatever, but I shook his hand and then he did the punch, you know, the air punch. At oh, me, okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. And he kind of did that. And then I just cold cocked it. <laughs> Knocked his ass right on the fucking floor. Yeah, come on, bitch, get up. Uh, but no, but that is that is a true story, and I gotta find Jeff's phone number to get him on. The wow! Show. But that was wow. Yeah, um, wow. The, I, I have, oh, and yeah. one, as an aside, yeah. he said if you would have been here yesterday, Will Smith was here. Is that for real? Yeah, because they were doing the Muhammad Ali movie. Oh, and Will Smith had come to hang out with the champ. Uh, yeah, and I guess I don't know. There were some errands to run, and hey, we just. Come and do your movie thing at the print print shop at Ben Harbor. Job, uh, Rapid well, Park. I was going to tell you a story about Nadia Komeni. Okay, it's and, not going it, it doesn't involve uh, uh, twelve point code to one side cover. No, it's just you know a long night of uh, passionate sex. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? I'll tell you about that story some other time. Uh, we did actually have a gold medal winner on the show before. Now do you, you remember that? Well, uh, well, if you're thinking about Dwight Stone, he won the bronze. Oh, well, I'm not going to play that. <laughs> no. I was going to play a clip of that. I'm not going to play No, play the truth. It's a great I mean, he's clip. not a gold medal winner. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he won the gold. I don't think so. I think he won the All bronze. right. Well, let's listen to a little bit of that uh, interview. Hey, Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Oops, that's the wrong <laughs> okay. one. That's the Dwyer Brown one. <laughs> that was the this whole thing. was the Dwight Stone. <laughs> <laughs> it was excellent. Yeah. All right, here we go. 22 Summer Olympics, um, sadly... You know, those were the Olympics that had the tragic Israeli hostage crisis. You being Jewish, were you, well, what do you remember from that time? And were you worried about your safety? I mean, I remember, if maybe incorrectly, didn't Mark Spitz have bodyguards, I believe? I don't know. What do you remember from the 72, you know, Olympics? 
Well, I will tell you, first of all, I'm a convert, and I was not Jewish oh. at the time. Okay. And I was well, welcome to the uh, team. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm a member of the tribe. I've been a member of the tribe for more than 20 years. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I do recall, you know, my main motivation at those games was I was the youngest member of the team. Um, my own country picked me for 10th. The, the Germans picked me for second. Uh, no American high jumper had ever failed to medal in the Olympic Games. And I didn't have any faith in my two teammates. They were having a good old time in Munich. God bless uh, them. But, beer. Uh, they have lots of beer in Munich, yeah. right? Yeah. So I knew I was the I was the guy that was, um, you know, the standard bearer. And I was going to be uh, damned if I was not if I was going to be the first guy to, to not win a medal. And that was my goal. And when I did, once I did win a medal, I was there were only three of us left. I was one of them. Pretty much, I didn't know how to re- immediately reset a goal at 18. When you achieve something that is so huge, yeah. you think, okay, time to, you know, maybe let down a little bit. And I don't know if that changed anything, but I certainly did learn a very important lesson about having, you know, the next goal very much in mind and being able to implement whatever blueprint that you have in your head to, to try and make it happen. But as far as the massacre is concerned, it happened before my competition. All three Olympic Games, I competed the last two days at the Olympics, oh, okay. which makes it tough because you're sitting there watching your friends do well or do poorly and, and all the other pageantry of the Olympics, et cetera. It is really emotionally draining and you've got to keep it together because your competition is right at the end. And I remember my coach um, at the time, it wasn't my high school coach on the team, but the coach on the team looked at me that morning of the memorial and said, so what do you want to do? Uh, he says, I don't think they're going to cancel the games. And I said, no, I can't think they will either. He said, you've got to compete in four, four days. You've got qualifying. The, it's probably going to be standing room only, which is not the best thing for you to be doing. So what do you think? I said, I think we need, I think we need to work out, mm-hmm. which is what I did. And I prepared and I was relieved that the Olympics would continue. And, you know, it's a very selfish 18-year-old attitude. Sure. And uh, I went through and I did what I felt that I needed to do. I proved that I belonged there. And um, uh, I lived up to what my expectations were of myself. Which apparently was not the gold. <laughs> right, right. It was yeah. just the bronze. Uh, just the bronze. And like, I mean, there, it's a, it's also a great uh, interview. Uh, if you want to go out there, it's uh, episode 122 of Minutia Men. Uh, I'll be sure to check it out. I'm tired. Just 122. When did, we've stuck to this far longer than we generally stick to anything. Yeah, oh, that's is, true. Yeah, um, that's true. But luckily, we're never going to get a radio show. <laughs> yeah, so. Right. So this is all <laughs> we've is, got, baby. So, and now, before we go, and it is. Almost time to leave. Yeah. I have a gift for you. you know, you've been giving me gifts. Yeah, I have. Um, and I think this is uh, inspired by the uh, uh, Field of Dreams. Oh, my God. Game. All right. Am I going to weep? Uh, you, you, might, uh, you might be. This is uh, from my wife's boss. So you didn't was one pay of the for owners. Any. So you didn't of, pay for anything. At, do you want the present or not? <laughs> My wife's boss is one of the owners of the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. and he is a big, long-time uh-huh. White Sox fan. And he had this up in his office, and he's recently remodeled his office. This is a a framed <sighs> photograph of the opening <sighs> day of the original Comiskey Park in 1910. Holy shit. This is <clears throat> there you go. unbelievably fantastic. So I'm sure Michelle will uh, be happy to have that in your house. Beers were only six and a half dollars. (laughs) Six and a half cents. Uh, This was great. Oh, my God. Auto Polo, America's newest craze. I remember seeing this. This is spectacular. Thank you. This is awesome. I love the little horse and buggy there. Yeah. Uh, 
I bet yeah. they were charging 25 bucks for parking <laughs> the horse and bucky. But and, and and in those days, the White Sox hadn't even cheated yet. So <laughs> congratulations for that. You know what? I don't even... <laughs> this is, my dad was at this ballpark. A uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-O's. You know, and if you like, if you like the, the show... Uh, check out opishows.com and, and find some of the other well, great shows and, that are there. And check out our other show, the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, and we've got a great guest coming up on that one, too. Yeah, uh, just briefly. Uh, um, Greg Garfield. Hold on, my, my headphones just came up. Uh, yeah, Greg Garfield. Greg Garfield, who is COVID um, patient zero. Yes. On the West Coast in America. He is going to tell us, well, his story and... Really, he's an inspirational guy and a really optimistic guy, and I think you'll all enjoy and, it. And that's when Minutia Men Celebrity Interview returns this coming yeah. week. Uh, we're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio is indebted. Just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're not going to get a radio gig now. <laughs> but we'll be back again with another episode of Manushima. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. <laughs> can you see my doodle from where no. you are? You know who else would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. Yeah. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> he, uh, so you've seen his doodle? Sure. Uh, <laughs> he's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. Uh, Back to you with Howard Sudbury. And Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an OPI show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutiaman interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Meyer having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times and Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out. And that celebrity minutiaman interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.